Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. What a pleasure it is to be here at the Church of Omaha. Praise God. I've got a, a lesson to teach, some testimonies to share, but first I'd love to introduce my lovely wife, Kirsten. She'd like to share a little bit about what God is doing in Spain and what y'all are now connected up with. You guys are reaching Omaha. Now you're reaching Spain, too. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I'd like to hand it to my wife, Kirsten Paul. She'd like to share her heart with you. Praise the Lord. Ooh, it feels good in the house of the Lord. Oh, it's so good to be here. Tonight is our first service on our deputation. We've lived in Spain for a year and a half now, worked there in the city of Barcelona and also San Sebastian in the Basque countries, the north of Spain, where they speak a different language. <laughs> they don't speak Spanish. Well, they do speak Spanish, but they speak uh, Basco. So um, God is pouring out his spirit in the country of Spain, really all over the world. Isn't it obvious? It is near. His coming is here. Amen. I, I was um, privileged to grow up in a missionary family. I grew up in Central America, so I speak Spanish. That helped. But we didn't plan to go to Spain, you see, but the Lord started pulling on our hearts after working there. We went there specifically to train under the missionary in Barcelona and uh, to learn from the work in Spain. It's very particular because in Europe, really it in this day and age, there hasn't been a revival outbreak like there has been in the country of Spain. The time for Spain is now, and it's just unbelievable. 20 years ago, I went and studied there in, co in college. There's my age. <laughs> um, and the church, I, I, I preached their national youth convention, and there were 30 people, national youth convention, 30 people in attendance. Two years after that, a missionary came. There was a missionary there, but it was they were doing the plowing. When that Brother Gary Sohn stepped on the soil, God started saying, okay, now is the season of harvest. Two years later, there were 200 in, in attendance in the National Convention. A few years after that, 1,000. Now, the churches we have in the last five years have doubled in Spain. We have 90-something churches in Spain. Barcelona alone has 12 daughter works. Madrid has 13. It's just unbelievable. Every single major city in the country of Spain now has a pastor. We are training up great leaders and ministers to go and start more churches, and we're raising up Bible schools. It's just so exciting to be a part of what God is doing. You are now connected with us and we thank you we feel we can physically feel your prayers i'll stop and i'll say someone is praying right now and i'll just break out in tears we can feel your prayers you don't ever take it for granted your prayers mean so much they protect us they keep us they uplift us they make ways where we see there is no way they send angels before us when we go into the streets it is a country full of liberal mindset, witchcraft, strongholds. It's dark, 
but your prayers send light in the Holy Ghost. Please don't ever stop praying for missionaries, for countries around the world, for your missionaries and for the missionary children, for the pastors there. Many of them are first-generation pastors. They're first-generation Pentecostal, many of them. And they also have only been pastoring for maybe two, three years. We had such a mighty revival that right before COVID hit, we had a huge sending of pastors. And then they went right in, and they are, they're having a hard time. So pray for them. We need land in, this, in, this, in the country of Spain. We own no land for our churches do not own any land. We need to purchase land and buy so we can own the churches. Many of them have to be underground because they can't get permits. Pray for that. Not underground like hiding, but they're not registered with the government. Bureaucracy is very hard to go through paperwork. So please, we ask that you would pray for that as well. We thank you so much. God bless you, and it is such a privilege to be here with you. We pray that you would be blessed as you connect with missions around the world. And if you feel a calling, now is the time. The labors are few, but the harvest is plenty. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a great honor it is to be here. My first, this is my first real deputation service. Praise God. So we are very much, this is a very special time for us at the Church of Omaha. Praise God. And I had a great opportunity to connect with your pastor just briefly, but I just loved what his heart. He wants to win this city. Plant churches. He wants to go just crazy planting churches. Praise God. And I just love it. You know, it's just not a small thing when a group of 10 or 15 or 20 or 25 gather in a new location. That's not a small thing. That's a big thing. That's a new church that will go for generations. That is, that is families changed for generations. There are pastors, there are preachers that are going to come out of those little meetings, those little church plants that we don't even know of, that, that it wouldn't happen if, if there wasn't a pastor who had a vision to go and plant a church. Praise God. Praise God. So our heart is with you. And in Spain, I can tell you, there are people that have been one. They've gone, they've been baptized, been filled with the Holy Ghost. They've been through a discipleship class, then, then a little bit of Bible college, and then leading small groups, and then now they're pastoring. Praise God. So like my wife hinted to, if you're feeling the call to whatever it might be, it's time to answer the call. It is time to answer the call. You can be involved in the work of God. You can be involved in church planting in Omaha, in Spain, around the world. Hallelujah. The time is short. Hallelujah. And I'm here to tell you, if you take those steps, he will provide your needs. Praise God. Praise God. If we could all stand, hallelujah. Normally, I love to share some testimonies and have a a good, good faith preaching. We'll have faith preaching tonight, but I want to definitely give honor to the Holy Week. 
We're in the middle of the Holy Week. Praise God. And I've got a, a, a little Bible study here that I want to share, and there's some good lessons, but I just felt something when I walked into this, to this sanctuary that the Lord is ready to pour out His Spirit upon this congregation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord has something special for us tonight. Hallelujah. If you just go ahead and put down your Bible, let's go ahead and shake off the day, whatever the cares of this day was. Just set it aside and let's lift up the name of Jesus for a little while. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, oh God. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. Move upon us tonight. Speak to us, oh God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Do your work in this congregation, oh God. Hallelujah. Use them, Lord Jesus. Use this pastor, oh God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. Hallelujah. If you could pull up my PowerPoint, I would greatly appreciate it. The Holy Week. The Road to the Cross. So this is a very great timeline Bible study of the Holy Week. And there's many great lessons, many great familiar passages that we're just going to do an overview. But I feel like the Lord is going to move and He's going to show some things afresh and anew to us. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Holy Week occurs in the, in the month of Nisan in the Jewish calendar. Hallelujah. occurs between the 9th and the 15th of Nisan with the Passover being the 14th. So it's always on this time in the calendar. Praise God. Next slide on Saturday. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus had lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in, on, in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet. And wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. Oh, hallelujah. I just love this story. That sacrifice, that perfume, that fragrance. Oh, that guy, you know, I just feel that that symbolizes prayer and anointing. And that same fragrance, that expensive fragrance that she poured out upon his feet. That, what, that scent was on his feet when those, those men brutally put that nail through his feet on the cross. And that scent was in her hair as her Savior died on that cross. Hallelujah. Saturday marked the day when Jesus' feet were anointed. Praise God. Palm Sunday, the next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. 
praise God. And the Jews, they were looking for a natural kingdom. They were under the oppression of the Romans and things were going not their way politically and they were looking for someone who would come and save them and restore their political kingdom. Hallelujah. But they, there were other plans. They should have known. But he had other plans that were beyond this world. Next slide. On the previous Sunday, and as you look at this, this scripture, and as you look at this, there are so many prophetic fulfillments that occur during this week. The prior Sunday, Jesus sends two disciples to get a donkey and a colt, which fulfills the prophecy in Zechariah 9 and 9. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Praise God. So many fulfillments took place. So many prophetic fulfillments that occurred in the Psalms and the prophets and Isaiah. So many took place during this week. The next one. The Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Praise God. The first of three great festivals of the Hebrews. It commemorates deliverance of Israel from Egyptian bondage. Observed on the 14th day of Nisan, the elements are a sacrificial lamb, blood on the doorposts, and unleavened bread. Amen. In New Testament times, Passover became a pilgrimage event. Praise God. The first Passover, Exodus 12, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month. Amen. This lamb was for a house, and we know back the sacrifice of Abel. There was a lamb for a man. There was a lamb for a nation in the Old Testament. And this lamb pointed to the sin, the lamb that would cover the sin of the entire world. Amen. There's so many great pictures and stories in this Passover. Praise God. Then they are to take some of the blood and to put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. The same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Praise God. And that blood had to be applied on the doorpost. Praise God. Without the application, without putting the blood, if without the blood applied to the house, there is no salvation. Without the blood of Jesus applied to our lives according to his plan of repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and being filled with his spirit. We could walk a Christian way. We can call ourselves Christians, but we must have the blood applied to our lives. Amen. And then comes Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. 
The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jerusalem was on his way. Well, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. And how interesting it is. Hosanna means save us now. Save us now. Just imagine the Jews in their minds. They had looked for a redeemer, a, a, a savior, the Messiah. They had been looking. They had all the signs, but their, their eyes were on things of this earth. They were not of, on things of above. They were shouting, save us now. But they were shouting, save us now from the things of this world, of oppression, of, of, of government, of things outside of their control. But really, prophetically almost, they were saying, save us now from our sins. Praise God, save us now from our punishment, from our condemnation. Praise the Lord. Next slide. He, Jesus then enters the temple courts. He looks around, goes back to Bethany. He spends Sunday night in Bethany with his 12 disciples. On Monday, Jesus goes back to Jerusalem from Bethany, and he cleanses the temple. He cleanses the temple. And it's at this point that the chief priests had about enough they knew, they knew the scriptures, they even knew, and they, Herod tried to kill him, they knew right where he would be. They had all the, all the newborn ma uh, babies killed, and they tried to take him out, and, and through their efforts, even knowing the scripture of his coming, they knew him. They knew who he was. But at that point, they did not want him taken over. They had had enough. The time of his death was ripe. And they, they had had enough and they were ready to take his life. Next slide. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is symbolic. This, he cleansed his temple of the leaven. Unleavened bread was used in Passover meal because it was eaten in haste or quickly. Israelites did not have time to put leaven in their bread. The Feast of Unleavened Bread starts on the 15th day of Nisan, the day after the Passover meal. For seven days, all meals should not contain any leavening agents. Prior to feast, all leaven must be removed from the house. We know that leaven is a type of sin. And in this study, it's so interesting. Leaven takes time. You got to mix in the leaven, and leaven's not always so bad with the, if you want to make your bread rise, but, you know, there's sins and weights that so easily beset us. You know, if we start mixing in a little bit of leaven, and, you know, we got we to, gotta, you know, bake it, and it's got to rise just the right amount, and, and, and all these things have to be just so, and, you know, we've tried it with bread makers to, to make a good loaf of bread. We have, it, go, it comes a lot better from the store. And it's really good in Europe, by the way. Really good bread there. But what I love about this, with this unleavened bread, we don't have time for leaven because we're getting out of here. Praise God. They were in Egypt, 
at this last Passover when, when that Passover came and the son of Pharaoh was, was killed according to the last plague and the firstborn were all dead. They didn't have time for leaven in their bread because they were getting out of Egypt. Praise the Lord. And, you know, I just feel so much in this time. I feel a stirring in my spirit. I feel a stirring in my spirit that the world and it's, 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 there's so much things weighing us down, whether it's fear or whatever it might be, we're too busy. You know, I, I, don't, I don't have time to get tied down with the world because I'm getting out of here. Oh, hallelujah. I don't have time to mix up leaven in my life. I don't have time for sin, and I don't have time for things that are weighing me down. Praise the Lord. I just feel that we need to get a the Lord is coming soon back. We need to get our comeback, church. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Oh, I can't be weighed down with the cares of this world. I can't be weighed down with things that I can't control, with restrictions or whatever it might be. I got to get the leaven out because I'm getting out of here. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Celebrate the festival of unleavened bread because it is on this very day that I brought your divisions out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. For seven days, no yeast is to be found in your houses. You know, I think seven days of cutting something out for seven days probably sounds about good right now. Why don't you just shut off the news for seven days or something that's weighing you down or worrying about something? Why don't you just take a little feast of unleavened bread and cut out some leaven out of your life for seven days? Praise the Lord. On Monday, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Oh, praise the Lord. He was getting the leaven out of the temple. He was cleaning the leaven out of, out of his house, and he said, my house will be called a house of prayer. Praise God. You know, I just love a, a house of prayer, a church that has a red-hot prayer room. Oh, praise God. When the Lord comes and we got it, he's always cleaning us out. But will he find the, the he's cleaning us out, but is he going to find the prayer room full? Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is he going to, what's he going to find in your house? Is he going to find a house of prayer? Lord Jesus, make my home a house of prayer, oh God. Oh, remove from me, oh God, the sins and the weights that are besetting me, oh God. Make my home a house of prayer. Praise the Lord. Paul writes about leaven, 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Your boasting is not good. You don't, don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch, as you really are. 
you know, my wife and I were talking on the way here, and we were talking about the busyness, and y'all, we've been busy getting started on deputation, very busy, but we just felt, and I, I remembered back that my, my pastor told me a while back, he said, a great life is, is done one decision at, at a time, choosing the better over the good, the better over the good. When I, I was just so touched by this lesson of leaven, you know, I just think with our busyness, and you can't really, can, you, you, you got you to put food on the table, and I get it, but, you know, there's some things in our lives that are good, but they're taking out room for the better. They're taking out room for the better. I want my life one decision at a time to be chosen the, for the better. I want to do not the good, and we got it. We got to do good. We don't need to be become weary and well doing. But I want to choose the better, Lord Jesus. Help me to choose the better. Praise God. Tuesday, Jesus and his disciples return to Jerusalem. Jesus denounces the religious leaders. Oh man, and uh, some of these. Uh, some scripture, you got to be careful reading it over the pulpit, amen? Woo! He, uh, and oh Lord Jesus, I, I thank the Lord for the, what he, he's placed us as missionaries and all, but there is a spirit, a, a Pharisee spirit, that we cannot get consumed with. Oh, friends, if you're a leader, if uh, and pastor and me, you know, leaders in the church, if we get a, a religious leader spirit in us, that is the people that the Lord Jesus rebuked the harshest. And, and oh, friend, I, I, I come here humbly. I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want that rebuke from the Lord Jesus. I want to be able to labor humbly for him and, and always be reaching for the things that he's reaching for. And, and if I see someone doing a miracle or receiving something or doing something great for the kingdom, I don't want to be jealous. I don't want to try to kill him or take him out. I want to I wanna say, amen, brother. You're doing a great work for the kingdom. Praise God. Oh, I'm behind you. Go forward. Oh, man, I just, oh. The religious spirit is something we got to watch out for. We got to watch out for it. Praise God. And on Wednesday, there's nothing recorded. There's nothing recorded. And that's a lesson in and of itself. We know that the Lord Jesus didn't sleep Thursday night. He spent that night praying. And he was crucified on Friday. I think that in his humanity, he knew he needed a day of rest and recuperation. We don't know what he did. Maybe he spent some time with, his, with, his, with the disciples. Maybe he ministered to them. Maybe he, he got away and just took some time for rest and recuperation and I need, I need a blank Wednesday for, not tonight, but I, I need some rest, folks. You know, we've been, uh, we need, we all need some rest. We got this treasure in earthen vessels. 
And if we keep going and we don't take a day, a little bit of time every day, one day a week and maybe a week or two a year to rest and recuperate, folks, we're out of the will of God. We're out of the will of God. Praise the Lord. And on Thursday, Jesus sends Peter and John to prepare for a Passover meal. Jesus washes the disciples' feet. He institutes the Lord's Supper, and he identifies Judas as the betrayer. And the scripture is very interesting when he washed the disciples' feet. He said, when, and I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but when he knew his position in the kingdom, he humbled himself. Mm. Humility and, and serving, it's not something that's depravity. It is not depravity. When we know our position as sons and daughters of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we can humble ourselves and serve in a place of honor and authority. Hallelujah. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. After knowing that the Father, that his, that the father had put all things in, under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God, then he humbled himself. Praise God. What a revelation. Thursday, Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. Peter attacks the priest's servant with the sword, and Jesus is arrested. Thursday night into Friday morning, Jesus is questioned before Ananias and uh, Caiaphas, the high priest. Peter denies he knows Jesus. Jesus led before Pilate. Jesus appears before, before Herod. He appears a second time before Pilate. He's sentenced to death by crucifixion. And Judas takes his own life. There was mercy for Judas. He took his sin a little too lightly. And there's two things we can, we can take too, sin too lightly and we can take too much condemnation for it. He took it too lightly, the betrayal of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, knew, he, he took sin too lightly. He said he knew who Jesus was. He knew he was not someone <coughs> to, to betray. But he went ahead and did it anyway. He knew it was sin, but he went on and did it anyway. But then after that sin, that guilt, that condemnation gripped his life to the point where he, he took his own life. Oh, friend, I don't ever want to take sin lightly. There was too high of a price I am thankful for the grace of God. I need it every day. But I don't ever want to take that for granted. And on the other side, we've got sin and, and you know, we've got, all got past. We've all committed sin in our life. But his grace is sufficient for you. You don't have to live under that burden of condemnation. 
His grace, his blood is enough for you today. You don't have to walk under that burden of guilt and condemnation. Don't take the sin too lightly because the price was too high. Just to say, well, it doesn't matter. There, oh, I, got, I live in grace. But at the same time, oh friend, if you're living in the weight of condemnation and guilt, there's an altar here today where you can lay everything at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid the price for you. Praise the Lord. And on Friday, the Passover, noon, Jesus is crucified. And there's an earthquake in Jerusalem. From 12 to 3, darkness comes over the land. Three, uh, the veil in the temple was torn in two. Where only the priest could enter in the, to the holiest of holies, now we can all approach the throne with boldness. Hallelujah. Every person can approach the throne of grace, approach the, the kingdom of God. We can go to the throne with liberty because he died for us. 3 p.m., Jesus dies, and he's the, that resurrection power was activated. There were bodies of dead saints that were risen when he died. On Friday, Passover, the next day, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Praise God. Friday before sundown, he was placed in that tomb. Saturday, we don't have any record, but, but I, I believe that he was conquering death, hell, and the grave. He was there attacking the gates of hell. The gates of hell, he was declaring, the gates of hell will not, will not, will not prevail against my church. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. And on Sunday, he was risen again. We serve a risen Savior. There is nothing impossible for Him. Oh, hallelujah. He took the stripes for our healing. If you need a miracle today, you serve a risen Savior. Oh, hallelujah. The one who opened blind ears, He opened blind eyes, He unstopped the deaf ears. The paralytics were risen again. That is our God. Hallelujah. We serve a risen Savior. And you can all stand. I'm going to close. I don't know the tune, but there's a great song. I'm going to go ahead and read the lyrics. And I feel like the Lord wants to move. Hallelujah. This altar's open. If you want to move, we'd be glad to pray with you. If you've never received the Holy Ghost... If you need to receive the Holy Ghost, you've never received it with evidence of speaking in other tongues, just like the Bible says, tonight's your night. Oh, it's a great time to receive the Holy Ghost in, in, the, in the Holy Week. Praise God. <laughs> if you need a miracle for prayer, if you need a situation, come to the front. I'm going to go ahead and read these lyrics. From the moment that the... The man first disobeyed the father. We were then held captive by our sin. The law of God demanded a sacrifice, restoring to himself his own again. So the lamb, his only son, was freely offered, atonement for our sin forever made. 
He innocent and holy, still God and God only could ransom and redeem us back again. So to the cross they carried him with all our guilt and all our sin. The Lamb of God was slain for our transgressions. And on the cross, those nail-pierced hands reach up to God and down to man. And just as if I'd never sinned, he took me in his arms, appraising me, he willingly forgave. For mercy, grace, and love that knows no bounds, though guilty and condemned, I now am free. Forever I am forgiven, for Christ the Lord is risen. And risen with him we will one day be. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. My heart sings his praise again. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. Praise God. This altar is open. If you need prayer, 